power. Diesel power. All right, we're uh, we're hot. We're live. <laughs> Good evening from my living room. Uh, I usually start these out. I was going to see if Charles Buckshot Brazier would start them out uh, for us, but it's Tate, T Money, Glory Hog Morgan, and Charles Buckshot Brazier from Charlie's beautifully uh, furnished living room. There's a roaring fire in front of us. And it's just you and me, baby. And a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of brown liquor in the glasses, a little bit of. Nobody, bit of nobody needs to know. Giants, uh, Niners going on in the background. It's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, it is a hell of a game right now. Well, 13 seconds left. Eight, eight, 18 seconds. In the fourth left. quarter. Um, you football fan, Tate? No, I'm certainly not an NFL fan at all. Like I, I, literally have, I have zero cats in this game. I have zero cats in the fight. Uh, but the sports balls, like, that was a good... Uh, I'm a Bears fan. That's a weird... That's a weird it is weird. Like. Well, I grew up in the Midwest, and I was a Walter Payton fan when I was a kid. But... Uh, no, the Duckies. I watched the Duckies. Uh, Go. Not do so Ducks. terribly great on Saturday. No, they're doing all right though. Uh yeah. No, I don't mind. I, I grew up as a as a, my dad played line uh, for the Ducks, and That's I, right. I grew up uh, white wifey cheer for the Ducks, and uh, I grew up a Ducks fan when when uh you know we'd win maybe one or two games a season. Was he an O lineman or D? Uh, he was uh he was O line. He's a big cat. Well, no, he was defensive line. I think he played, yeah, that's yeah, what he played D-line. Yeah, that was when he could be a defensive lineman at like 235 pounds. My father was a middle linebacker for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Didn't we try to do the math sometime and figure out if they ever actually played, which I doubt, I doubt they did. The last time the Huskers and Ducks played, rather, uh, other than, what, was it two and three years ago, no. was like 1930. So, no. Yes, yeah, so no. <laughs> um, But besides the sports balls... Uh, I wrote a little. I wrote a list for the first time. I know you did some. You did a little preparing for a podcast. We actually prepared for our podcast. I, know. I wrote like I have a, like a list of things to talk about. It's a horrible chicken scratch. I can't fucking read a thing. And you're not supposed to read it. Yeah. Um, but uh, SEMA, we just got back from SEMA like a week ago. And so I don't even remember. Like that was a hell of a trip. Um, we called it the Great American Gambler, but it was like the most like legit gambler since year one because there was like zero forethought or planning or organization that went into it. Uh, Are you talking the, about the course that you plotted through the desert? The course is just the whole event, and just the whole week. Like the whole yeah. event, it's like it's a non-structured event. Like you don't pay anything to participate. It's just like you just go find your random like brothers in the de- in the desert and just go have fun. I think everyone had fun. There was probably a couple people that showed up in the desert that were maybe looking for a little bit more structure than we provided. But I think ultimately they like found enough gamblers to have a good time. I didn't really get that. I think everybody had a great time, and it's like, well, if you either bust downtown and, and check out SEMA, or you're out in the desert fucking around, getting dirty, and everybody filled their time and had a good time. So here's the thing about SEMA, and like something that I never under- understood about SEMA. I always wanted to go to SEMA before I got in this industry. I was like, SEMA, SEMA, SEMA. Once you've been inside at SEMA, you're like, oh, this is boring. This is like opening up a freaking catalog in a magazine. Like you can, there's just. It's just car parts that they're trying to sell to car sellers. There's not all that interesting of cars inside. Um, there's a lot to see. If you really want to get down to nitty gritty, great. But if unless you were like in the biz of like re, like trying to find a new product you can make money on, being inside at SEMA, other than the grandeur of it all, is not a big deal. So inside is all aftermarket stuff. All aftermarket parts and stuff, but stuff you can also go find in a in a magazine. Honestly, the, those parts that's open to the public, the outside part of SEMA, is probably bigger. 
more exciting and more engaging. That's where they have like the drift events where they're having their jumping cars and doing all the rad stuff. We went and saw our friends at Hoonigan yep. who were there. Uh, we'll get into that later. But like the outside part of SEMA is, was actually worth it and you don't have to pay anything and you have to go through all the pain. <laughs> There's the brown liquor sounds. Uh, I should I should probably add I should add to get into scene you have to buy or sell parts and I don't buy or sell parts. So you didn't need a ticket to go see the outside stuff. No, so. you just walk right in. Yeah. You didn't even go, did you? Yeah. Uh, Charles I, n- Char- I never made it downtown because I was out fucking around the desert. It was he wasn't even downtown. Uh I they didn't give me a ticket. Largest rally in the world and I, I, I submitted <laughs> This is a point a of bitterness, Bitter- FYI. Well because okay. side note. <laughs> I applied for the wrong ticket. Apparently, I should have, I should have applied for a, a media ticket. So when I applied for a normal SEMA ticket, they're like, well, what do you buy? And I'm, I'm like, nothing. And like, what do you sell? I'm like, well, nothing. He's like, well, you can't come in. I'm like, but we do this thing with like crappy cars. And they're like, we don't care. Did you, uh, did you drop your name and tell them you're Hollywood? I, I, they didn't care about that either. I did. Of course I did. Uh, but I had a certain well-known, uh, a certain well-known host steal me a ticket from another manufacturer and, and get it to me um, outside. And so I went into SEMA. And as I got my final like conclusive email from them, like no, we're not going to give you a ticket. I sent the most passive aggressive email I think of the year, <laughs> which was me. me that email, <laughs> which is me holding a beer inside of SEMA, <laughs> just giving them a big smile. It's like okay, cool, thanks, bros. Yeah. I did see that. Um, that so not you know you guys do what you do well down there at SEMA, but apparently I'm new to the industry and I don't really understand what it is that you do. So um, they'll figure it out in time. Well, but we did. But the funny thing is, is that built. We're kind of a big deal. Kind of a big, well, I built. A, I built a SEMA Jeep. Yes, right. The Rubicon. Mm-hmm. Why if you guys haven't seen the Instagram pictures of the SEMA Jeep, it's a four door, uh, unlimited, uh, hard top. The Hello Cab motor. The the Hello Kitty motor. Uh, it was actually a five hundred dollar um, uh, uh, Explorer I bought from a Gambler down there, and it was uh, from uh, Daniel. Shout out to Daniel. You sold me that. You ripped me off, by the way, Daniel. <laughs> That was that was a three hundred and fifty dollar Explorer at best. Uh, it, it got the job done, and we sent it off uh, to Valhalla in an glorious we, fashion. It's, did you buy all th- three of those? No, we picked up three Explorers. No, those were those other two were Broncos. Oh, dude. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get into that. People probably who are on the socials get the joke, but I say my contention is any two door four wheel drive Ford product is a Bronco. Uh, I, I don't agree. It's a fucking Explorer, which is just shit anyways. So it was a Bronco 2. Bronco it, 2 is a Bronco. It's badged a Bronco. I bet I could go in and find that. Broncos that, that are badged that, Broncos that, Broncos. that there's a lot of crossover parts. Is that two-door Explorer? From is, the is original it, Explorer, the original Explorer, and the Bronco 2, I bet there's a lot of the, the square bodies on both those at the, the sacrilege. Of course the, the parts will crossover, but that doesn't mean it's a badged Bronco. I think it's funny to say. So I know that it's, it's contentious to say, and I'm going to elicit. That's why. Like, I'm just stirring the pot. It's, it's a Mustang. But anyways, I built the SEMA, I built the SEMA uh, Rubicon, and uh, we went to go pick up uh, uh, Zach from Hoonigan, and uh, they actually pulled me into the gate. So after denying me a pass to SEMA, I actually got my, my Rubicon build, my quote-unquote my Explorer, onto the floor at SEMA for all about like an hour we were hanging out That's down there. Awesome. It, was, uh, it was ultimate vindication. And uh, I love those guys. And, Zach's um, a stud, by the way. Oh, my God. So, okay. Let's finish our SEMA experience. It, uh, it was, there's a lot of neat stuff down there. If you want to go to Vegas, we do this again next year. It, it's worth it just to go to the outside portion. Like, go walk around all the tire manufacturers, all the drift competitions, all the crazy cool stuff is all outside at SEMA. 
Can I mention real quick, uh, part of our Steam experience was hooking up with uh, Lemons, which was freaking awesome to do, by the way. Yes. Um, those guys have had a thing going for a while, and they get it, and they, they know where we come from, and uh, super cool guys, met a bunch of them, and we managed to, to put together a quick parade down the Vegas Strip, which was awesome with them, and uh, the, the bystanders got a kick out of it, I noticed. They were taking pictures, and... and uh, Loving our rigs. We love Lemons, and we love all the other like rallies that have kind of come out. There's been some other off-road uh, stuffs that have kind of come out that's similar to the game. Was the Rambler 500 now in Colorado, and uh, and the the Broha down in SoCal, which are it seem like super cool, cheap, fun events, and like we always advocate for that. So we'll always be partners with with those sorts of people but especially lemons the lemons rally if you guys want to do a, a, just a slightly more organized event with cars on road they cover like two thousand miles it's a it's a total gas they were so. literally going from like texas to la weren't they yeah 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 but they met up with us i, I love that they wanted to do that and, and i think we, we showed up with that same amount of cars yeah um and just like kind of toured the strip and uh, those guys are eric rude uh, total stud um but hoonigan so uh, we had our kind of rally out in the desert. So we had our, our uh, what we called the, the Lint, uh, <laughs> Lint 400, Lint 400 <laughs> which was kind of a, a, an homage to the Mint 400, and it, and it tracked the, kind of the outskirts of the Mint 400. You track. literally put that course together on your cell phone like 15 minutes before it got to I had been working <laughs> on the concept for, for a month ahead of time. That was, um, that was pretty gay. We were partnering with a Mob Armor. And Mob Armor uh, had provided us with some of the waypoints. They provide, they make these really rad uh, uh, cell phone and, and, and iPad holders and stuff, like super beef stuff. Uh, I know that traditionally you used a lot of the RAM mounts, but yeah. I, want, I want to show you some of this Mob Armor stuff because this stuff is like next level. It's, it's nicer than the cars we usually pilot. <laughs> so we put together the Lake 400 and basically go out there, run the track. It was super aggressive. Uh, a lot of silty, silty, silty stuff. Um, Which was basically a rounding lake, would you say? Yeah, rounding lake for the most part, and then down south and around. We spent a lot of our time out in the flats, uh, doing some, doing some time trials, doing some speed stuff, doing some jumping. Um, we had the, we had all the kind of the the quintessential cars out there, the the lifted limo, and we had uh, Lightner's nine twelve, and we had CJ's um, trophy mutt out there, and and you guys are just hucking it as usual. We uh, managed to put a uh, Explorer on its top, yeah, and then back over on its. You were you were there. You weren't I was in there. it. Yeah. No, I was not in it. Yeah, that was uh, aggressive. Probably more aggressive than I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, but uh, at the at the, the name of the game isn't this controlled environment typically. So people are kind of on their own, and everybody was okay. Still a hit though, <clears throat> nonetheless. Uh, but we fired it up with, with Hoonigan. Hopefully, I think that video is coming out soon. I don't want to talk too much about it, but we ended up going to this uh, the, the, the Vegas rally experience. It's actually in Arizona. It is, right outside it's, it's uh, a less, was it Lake Mead. A little less than an hour away from Vegas. Yep. Uh, it was a sweet drive out there. Had a couple of breakdowns on the way to the track. Yeah, I'd like to go into that one. Um, <sighs> yeah, I've got a, a flatbed that I, was, that I had the, the Fiero on, which absolutely obliterated. Um, one of my tires on the way, so that set us back a little bit. But uh, we we three wheeled it, got got, got, got us all down there, yep. uh, set it up, and then uh, we'll we'll leave the, all the nitty gritty details uh, for the Hoonigan video, which should be coming out this week. I think on Hoonigan bonus. Uh, so the Hoonigan channel has become a little bit more organized. 
and all their content is kind of categorized, and it's it's uh, they're doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, hats off to to Brian Scotto, and uh, and and uh, Zach and and uh, Hurt and all those guys are putting together some really really neat platform for car stuff. But still being vague, like Vegas Rally, I think it opened up what three four months ago. Cool clothes, dirt course. Um, they provide it. It looked like uh, a handful of their own cars where you can pay to play and go in and, and whip around in some laps and um, you can also bring your own rigs out and, and do some cool stuff um, but definitely check them out if you're in the area outside of Lake Mead yeah. Vegas always a fun place uh, I think next time I think we'd probably go maybe go camp in the desert uh, we had a house this last time I had a lot to do a lot of meetings um, <laughs> that, the house was an interesting uh, experience within mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. Uh, all right, SEMA, Hootigan, fun. Uh, Fambler. That's all you. Fambler's coming uh, coming up uh, here in, um, this is something that everyone's been asking for because uh, the gambler's not open typically to anybody that's uh, less than 21 years old. The Fambler is something you can bring your kids along to. Uh, a little bit less uh, craziness and a little bit more kind of about kind of seeing some back roads and some, seeing some neat uh, tourist attractions in Oregon and doing it with a bunch of gamblers. Um, to be kind of less less uh picky about which rigs come you know if you come in your 10 year old you know forerunner that's fine if you show up in you know an old uh an old uh, uh the limousine kind of like the the conversion boys did uh that you get bonus points for that of course um car seats are welcome mm-hmm. for the kiddos yeah it's more fun and for the essence of seeing backcountry and doing it with a bunch of friends and new friends uh the family. But I went and met with uh, uh, the guys at Depot Bay Brewing. So, real quick, to cut you off, like, you want to expand upon where that course is going to be? So, it's going to be, um, it's going to kind of start kind of wherever you want, kind of the same way the gambler did. But it'll be more centric around uh, starting in, in Portland along the I-5 corridor. We're going to go out to the coast, run up the coast range, see a bunch of neat stuff along there. I will say that Depot Brewing is going to be one of the coordinates out there. They're going to brew another Gambler beer nice. um, with us. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll go see things like the, the aquarium, but also go see some, some backcountry, some neat stuff that you wouldn't normally see uh, on a trip to Oregon. So if you're out of state or you're in state, uh, we guarantee a, a kind of a fun, kind of cool, more regimented time we're gonna have some some waypoints you have to hit have to get stamped and it's gonna be a little bit more of a scavenger hunt from that perspective how's how's depot bay brewing beer is it pretty Dude, good? it's good do it's, they make like a googly eye red and like a driftwood dark uh, no they, like, they actually their brewer just came on about six months ago he's uh he's got a great background he spent a lot of time at uh at, at rogue uh they're brewing some neat beers there we actually went through kind of some recipes today and we're gonna go back out there and brew it but yeah uh, kind of up and coming so depot bay is uh, interesting you know it it's an interesting yeah, little yeah. town. It's tiny. Yeah, it home small. to the world's smallest harbor. It is. It is tiny. That inlet getting in and out is pretty dodgy, though. Oh, in a boat? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's tiny. I mean, there's only like 20 boats inside that harbor. Um, yeah, my folks live in, uh, in Depot Bay. And so I'm out there quite a bit. But I didn't know there was a beer scene there, so let's go. Oh, dude, it's right there on the harbor. You look out into the harbor. It's a beautiful brewery. Um, and they're actually going to open a tap room a little bit south of town. They got like a couple acres down there. I think that's where we're actually going to going to kind of have our waypoint there for Depot Bay. So uh, the goal will be to to see some smaller towns, places that normal uh, you know visitors to Oregon would not see, um, and then go out and explore uh, over the course of Labor Day weekend, two thousand nineteen. 
There's good terrain out of the coast. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. A little little less chaos than the um, the, the gambler, uh, you know, the OG five hundred. Um, a little smaller, and um, but kids are kids are welcome on that one. Still, don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Tell your kids not to be dicks either. Yeah, I'm gonna rely on that for <laughs> you parents. Um, I had on the list um, Instagram. Yeah, I don't know what you where, where you're going with that. Well, I've, uh, in, in, obviously, like we're a, we're a rally first and foremost, but we're also like we're also digital content, you know. So whether it's you guys posting your pictures um, or us making content and videos and stuff. Um, uh, what I, I found this one one of these kind of fake BS accounts that just steal everyone else's content and then don't give any credit. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's the name of it. Pre Runner Daily. Um, not super impressed with this account. They were using a bunch of our videos, and when I asked, it's just simply, I just said, "Hey, um, happy that you like our content. Would you please?" Uh, They've got a pretty tag big us. following though. They because do. I but think dude, I follow them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I noticed you do follow them, but the second I just said, "Hey, will you please just tag us in the videos?" It was it was my Miata, and then and the video of it's got uh, eighty thousand followers, so we're seventy one thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfollow them um, first of all because all I did was ask them for like a, just a little nod on like Archon. Oh, look, they took they took That's the video. Yours. No, 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 that, no. They took the trophy burrow posted that and tagged us. Say, hey, these guys are just like just like yeah. Uh, the gambler with, with badass cars, and then they they just did it just now. We just posted that video. Anyways, but then when I asked just for like a tag or whatever, they said, oh, well, no. And then they, they deleted me, blocked me, and kept the content. And so I had to let them know that's not, not super cool. So What did they put on here, Miata? They just don't make anything. I, like, I, I'm, I'm cool with accounts like Colin Hall and like Trophy Burrow. They, they, they help grow other people while growing their own account, and they give credit. And this, this stupid account... They is, tag the owners. Mm-mm, not, no, not very rarely. And they didn't do it with ours. And all I said was, will you please just tag us? And then mm-hmm. they just blocked me. Yeah, that's bullshit. So they are, they are totally bullshit. But anyways, uh, so if you run an Instagram account and you use other people's content, just just tag them and give credit. It's, like it's, it's just common thing. courtesy, man. It's courtesy. And there's, there's, a, there's a legal context to it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that would be my one thing. Um, I think that stuff re- relates a lot to car culture, but then also like gun culture has been my pet peeve recently in that people always use these sensationalized, just like kind of like crappy, unsafe gun posts and kind of propagate the concept that you can be unsafe with guns and, and it's cool and it's not, it's not cool. Nothing cool about that. Mm-mm. So be picky about who you follow and and give little little kernels of likes and stuff too on on Instagram. Make sure they're being legit and and giving credit and not not being bullshit artists like these guys. Follow your moral compass. So, dude, they've got a lot of crap on here that I've seen before. That's not theirs. It's not theirs. Goodbye, pre runner daily. Goodbye. Um. I officially made. Uh, Trophy Burrow last week. Yeah, you I did. I know, and they and they and they, and they tagged you in the in the uh, in the video too. Trophy Burrow is a great account. My, my it's my favorite. It's really, awesome. all you need. Uh, um, and then uh, Stephanie runs a, a pre runner account too. What is she? Um, it's pre runners something. Well, is it the company she works for? No, it's pre. I think it's no, it's not pre. No, it's not pre runner nation. 
pre-runners. It's underscore pre-runners underscore. That's, uh, that's our friend's account. So follow them. They're always really good. This one here? At tag, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Stephanie's. Stephanie helps manage that account. Um, so meow. Kitty. <clears throat> so next on, we want to do a couple different things on this podcast. Um, uh, oh, uh, we, you know, we can kick off uh, uh, what I'm calling uh, uh, Chuck uh, Charles Buckshot Brazier's Health Corner. <laughs> if, you did, if you guys didn't know, uh, Chuck's a little bit of a health aficionado and, uh, and workout gym rat. And uh, so we want to, want to give him uh, his own little space in this podcast to talk about health. health what, uh, what are you going to dub it? No, no. Uh, we get uh, Charles Charles's Buckshot's health, 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 health Corner. I don't know. But uh, I, got, I got my... Uh, I got my lab results and my CT scan. Uh, Congrats, dude. I'm happy you're still with us. I'm clean. I'm clean for another uh, six months. I'm going to go back in and get zapped and all that sort of jazz. Is that what it is every six months? No, for now. But but, uh, but yeah, if you guys didn't know, uh, check your balls regularly. If you find a weird little lumpy thing on it, doesn't mean that it's anything bad. It doesn't mean that it's cancer. In my case, it it was. If you Uh, you check your balls for more than five minutes, just shut the door at least. Yeah. Um, But do that. Stay on top of it. I mean, we're... We're both uh, late 30s. I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. Just just turned 40 years old. Uh, You gotta start paying attention to that stuff. So, Uh, but do you have what? What is your health tip for for this week? Oh boy, I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, with the the 40 that was approaching at the time, you know, a couple years before that, I was in decent health, but you know, I wanted to just try and get in the best shape as I could before, you know, our bodies won't really allow it. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing about being in shape, it's 90% diet. It really is in 10% working out, lifting weights, doing that sort of stuff. But, um, I, uh, I'm on a pretty strict regimen. I do a lot of fasted cardio in the morning. So first thing I do when I get up, I, I go do, you know, 20 minutes of, of hit cardio, which is basically high intensity sort of training. So it's uh, riding a bike or doing stair mill. Um, but I do that before I eat. <clears throat> and I do that along with like a core workout. And then I, then I go home, eat my protein and my carbs. You know, there's a, a big stigma of, of no carbs. You got to have carbs because carbs is what gives you energy, what, what fuels your metabolism. But I cycle my carbs. So I do um, high carbs in the beginning of the week. I start at like 225 grams of carbs. And then I trail that down to about 50 grams of carbs by the end of the week, and I repeat that cycle. Um, I do a lot of weight training. I eat a lot of protein. <laughs> My protein macros are at about 250 to 300 grams of protein daily, which when you measure that out in chicken breasts, that's like 10 to 12 chicken breasts a day, which is a lot of protein. And if you're going to ride in a car with Chuck for like, <laughs> like 10 hours... <laughs> Like be prepared Keep to like roll down. the windows down every once in a while. Like a higher protein diet apparently causes interesting things in your gut. But uh, you know they say that you know a lot of your physique's made in the kitchen. It really is, and and that's the toughest part is being dedicated to diet because I'm a sugar mongrel. I like my Skittles. I like my nerds. I like my uh, my sugary candy. I love chocolate, all that sort of shit. But sugar's the devil. It's the number one, in my opinion, cancer-causing sort of agent that's within our uh, our diet system here, which is bullshit and and fats and saturated fats and, and, and that sort of crap. But stay away from that stuff. Uh, hydrate. Try to drink a gallon of water a day at least. Um, 
but uh, that's that's kind of your health corner sort mm-hmm. of tip from from me. I, I you know uh, I saw Chuck's before picture, his before and after pictures uh, uh, the other day, and unfortunately for most of us, his before pictures he looks he still looks better than ninety percent of the people I know. So that was a little that was a little depressing, uh, but. Uh, um, no, it's good. Stay on top of it. Eat, eat well. Um, earn, earn your whiskey at the end of the day. Uh, you, know what, you know what today also was? What was today? Today was Veterans Day. That's correct. Um, so we, we have a lot of my good friends and fellow gamblers uh, um, are veterans. So I want to say uh, thank you for your service. Um, Absolutely. You're a, a thousand percent uh, respect uh, the time you put in and what you do for your country and, and the sacrifices you guys have made. Um, so just want to say, regardless of where your politics are or who you want to squawk about, you know, what, who did on what day as far as politics go, like forget all that bullshit on, uh, on CNN and Fox News and, and Facebook, man, it's just, uh, it's about the people and, um, and I know a lot of really, they, a lot of really great people out there. So. There's so much sacrifice that goes into to our freedom, you know, you've got to respect that. I did something fun yesterday, kind of, uh, in... In honor, I went down to that Ericsson's Air Museum right outside of Madras. Have you mm-hmm. been to that? Have you been there? No, I haven't. But uh, but uh, Ian uh, Harrison, I think, stopped by. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Now. It's it's kind of hidden. It's right off of uh, ninety seven. Is your uh, busting out of out of Bend, and they've got this this Ericsson guy has got this private collection of World War Two aircraft, and so I went down there. I met a couple veterans. Uh, obviously, thanked them for their service, but they've got some incredible airplanes. They've got some cool vehicles. Um, my favorite airplane, P-51 Mustang. We got a couple of those, a couple of P-40s. It was really neat to talk to some of those guys that flew some of that shit and were in the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but beautiful collection if you're ever down there. Uh, it's just north of Madras, uh, off of 97 Ericsson's Air Museum. Go check it out. Cool spot. Uh, yeah, you you flew a, you flew a Fiero while we were down. I did fly a Fiero. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, or down in Vegas. Uh, Chuck got a little airborne out there. I don't quite have my pilot's license yet, which I'm working on, but I was able to get airborne in that thing. Um, that was a lot of fun. That car is not designed to do anything off-road. <laughs> yeah, but you put some nice coilovers on it. Like, it's got the suspension. It, it soaked it up. I did. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I was able to get that thing airborne, I think, four or five times. Uh, well, we're down in Vegas, uh, which which we'll see, I'm sure, at some point here, mm-hmm. through Hoonigan or other forms of media. Um, not a, not a great segue, but uh, I was listening to the uh, the the uh, Wheeler Walker Junior podcast the other day. It was great. He had a uh, Tyler Childers on, who is a uh, is a awesome country artist. You'll freaking love him. I will play a, a little bit of that here, uh, maybe a little we bit. Play it right now, unless Dude, that's yeah. gonna distract Dude, play, you. Play it. Play Tyler Childers, man. Tate and I got into a, an interesting heated debate yep. of uh, having background music in our podcast, which yeah. I, I personally like. I don't. You don't. But he's have, like, whenever there's something distracting, that's all I can focus on. I can't. There's do no it. background music in podcasts. Well, then why not? Let's let's it, be our own thing. If you turn on Tyler Childers right now, uh, uh, we can listen to that with with the group. Uh, but my point was, while you're looking that up, Childress, Childers, Child Ers. Uh, I was listening to Wheeler Walker Jr., who's like he's kind of famous for for redneck shit and like eating pussy and kicking ass and all this sort of stuff. But the, this great podcast he had, he kind of opened with, um, it was God. He was responding to some of the race that's riots. A good, that's a good song. Oh, feathered Indians. Yeah, this is it. Uh, he was responding to some of the race riots that were happening, and and uh, 
Oh yeah, bring the speaker over here so everyone can hear it. This is real country. All that fake fucking bullshit on your country music station. The same fucking beat over and over again and, and hick hop and all just like just dumb repetitive Nashville stuff. I actually want to thank Josh Hackenjo uh, uh, for turning me on to, to Childers uh, about a year ago or so. Uh, you would recognize him as the sheriff from the original video. He was always kind of our, our officiant for all the, the rallies. Uh, he was wearing the cowboy hat and telling him that he wants a, a picture at all the waypoints and all sort of jazz. And, and, and Josh has been a good uh, friend of ours since, since actually middle school. Hackenjo's a stud. Uh, awesome artist. I'd love to see you guys play. Good real estate agent, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but but the 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 podcast touched on uh, when when he started when uh, um, Wheeler Walker kind of talked about about kind of all the bullshit race riot stuff that was going on and it had nothing to do with politics but if that you're if you're you know siding with Nazis and 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 with racists then there's something wrong with that and he was surprised on how many people in his audience. We're we're okay with that, and and I would say that the Santa same goes goes for us. Um, while we're you know the typical red-blooded straight white males, uh, this this entire culture we built uh, accepts all, every single and all and all people, and and I, I will fight more vigilantly for those that are underrepresented within our ranks. Than, than any than anyone else, and so if if you're coming, uh, uh, black, white, straight, uh, gay, um, old, young, male or female, um, I want you, everyone to feel to feel 100% comfortable and know that you've got a bunch of brothers uh, and sisters and people around you that are that are into that too. So so we uh, we are 100% open as long as you're not a dick, uh, you're welcome in our. That room. is the only thing that we will be prejudiced against. Yeah. So just. Um, cheers, good. Cheers. cheers here, huzzah. ABG, bro. ABG. All right, Health Corner is over. Talked about Instagram, and we decided to bring trivia back. Um, Ooh, yeah. So I've got some interesting trivia. So you want to start with yours? I got this one open right here. This is this. No, to- I've got that one too. Um, but I wanted to start with something kind of fun. Okay. All right. We did trivia prior on one of our podcasts, which was kind of fun. It was more of a mechanical-based trivia mm-hmm. on motor mechanics and, and this and that and some general stuff. But um, I pulled up an interesting niche, which was basically car trivia within 
Hollywood, so within movies, car chases and such. Um, and there's, I think I've got 20, 20 cool questions. Some are pretty, pretty obvious, but some are a little bit vague, which will take a little bit of thinking. Um, cause we've prefaced that like, like, I don't think either of us are, are master mechanics by, by any sense of the word, but no. like a general, we're, we're field fix guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, re- I rely on, on Jason Leitner and, and, and CJ to, to take care of the, the heavy lifting when we really shit the bed out in the, in the Our master mechanics. Yeah. Jer- uh, Jeremy Wilcutts. Um, who else is our, is our, is our, oh, Jacob. Oh, Wheeling. Jacob's phenomenal. Jacob. Fuck, dude. <clears throat> um, you ever, you ever, you ever meet a dude uh, driving the the diesel Nova out in the back roads, and and you and your car shit the bed, man. That that guy will 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 lay in the muck and and help you fix your your shit for for hours on. And that. again, I've made this point before about our gambler rallies. I, I talk to more people that want to do it, and the 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 number one pushback as far as their hesitation on going is, well, I don't know that much about cars. If I buy a piece of shit car and it breaks down, I'm, I'm going to be fucked. It's like, you don't understand. Like you have so many people in front of you, behind you that not only know uh, the ins and outs of, of any car and most likely your car, whatever you bring, but they are just giddy to go help mm-hmm. and and help with knowledge and with their set of tools. So, I mean, if anybody out there wants to, to join this experience, but they don't know shit about cars, don't worry about it because there's going to be somebody there that knows what they're doing that will instantly, before you even need to look around and ask, are going to be all over your car, just digging in, helping out. So we were, uh, it was, it was a winter run, um, a year before last, uh, I had the Miata and I, I broke my my uh, my tie rod, and uh, you know it's pretty obvious what needed to happen. And and we were sitting there with a group of about six or seven cars, and and I said, hey, you know what, guys, I'll I'll wait for the I'll wait for the tow truck. You guys just go. And and the article described it beautifully. It was like nobody moved. <laughs> just like everyone just stood around and we just waited for the tow truck together, and then we we carried on like it was a it was a it was a interesting. Uh, showcase of just uh, of people's attitude during these events. I remember the first time I met Joel Wiggers, who who Wilgers uh, that runs uh, Nebraska Gambler, yeah. and then Grant Nelson. The first time I met oh, Grant, who runs Iowa. People, uh, two amazing guys, coordinators. Uh, it was the night before our 2017 Gambler, the night that I decided, literally about ten hours before our start, to uh, to put on this coilover lift on this Fiero. And I was running into some roadblocks, having a hard time, and they showed up at our at our shop, and they saw me struggling, and they didn't even know me, they didn't know shit about Fieros, but they grabbed their tools, jumped in, and they were, they basically pushed me out of the way, and they're like, oh, here's what you need to do, this and that, like, there's that all over the course, yeah. every year. And that, and that goes for all the gamblers across the country, uh, and, and internationally, we're opening up Ontario. Ontario's getting a gambler here pretty soon, and we're obviously going to to Iceland here shortly as well. We'll clarify Canada or Oregon, Ontario. There's Ontario, California as well. Uh, it's Ontario, Canada. Beautiful. So well, all you guys listening in um, in Detroit, why don't you guys go see your brothers uh, up north and go go run up there in Canada? When's Detroit's next gambler? I don't know. I'm, I don't. Know, they frighten me. Are you gonna go to Iceland? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cool. Sure. I'm going with you. Yeah, let's, let's go. do it. Um, we got to do another one too. Another one just came up. Oh, BC. Okay, that's BC. Close Mike just reached out to me and said, "Hey, it'd be it mean a lot if you guys came out uh, to BC." So I think it's that's in June. 
of next year. I think there's still snow on Whistler and Blackcomb in June. Yeah, well, let's go. I'll be there. All right, so some uh, some movie car trivia. Um, this one really isn't multiple choice. It's one answer, and I'll hand this over to you. Don't scroll down too much because yeah. you'll see the answer. Okay. Um, I know the answer to this one because I did just that. Uh, so, which movie features Michael Caine, Mini Coopers, and Turin? Mini Cooper. Well, well Mini Coopers says Italian job to me. The answer is Italian job. That's yeah. right. Badass movie, by the way. Yeah. Great car chase scenes. Modern Mini Coopers, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, take them down the stairs. But heavily things. modified in the movie. Um, this one I think I know. Starring in this dystopian movie is an all-black 1973 Ford Falcon. Do I even need to continue no. with the question? No, it's, so it's Mad Max. Yep. Well, wait, wait. Okay, no, the first one, it's... um. It's not Mad Max Thunderdome, but what's the the first one is the, Just road, Mad- the road Warrior. No, that's the second one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Thunderdome was so. Who's the the what's her name? Tina Turner was all over yeah. fucking Thunderdome. Yeah. That was the third one. Who runs Bartertown? That's right. Uh, no, it is Just Mad Max. Okay. In Arab esque, Gregory Peck tells the taxi driver to follow that car. What does the taxi driver reply? I might have lost for this. Oh. That's a tough one. I don't... It says, all my life I've waited for somebody to say that. Uh, What's the name of the movie? Um, Gregory Peck played an expert in hieroglyphics. He and Sophia Loren end up... Mm. Same side, blah, 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 blah. I don't know where any... All right. All okay, right. next. Um, I don't like that question either. Dude, Road Warrior had the, had the Interceptor, had the Falcon. Road Warrior was the first of that series. And it, it, yeah, but I didn't finish the question. It was okay. more tailored to us. Okay. James Garner has been among the many celebrities who shared a passion for racing. Which racing-themed movie released in 1966 starred James Garner as a Formula One driver? It wasn't Le, Le Mans. That was a... Um, um, I'm 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 James Garner, sure. F F one movies. I'm I'm kind of out. I mean, I think it's like a basic name. Like it's it's like Formula One or Grand Prix or something okay. like that. All right. Well, the answer's right there, right? Grand Prix. Mm. There you go. Have you seen it? No, I don't think I've seen it. Which was Marty McFly's desired vehicle in Back to the Future, 1985? His desired vehicle. His desired vehicle. Well, the, I mean, the, the 85 Toyota, the, the unicorn of all Toyota 4x4s, <laughs> the 85 straight axle EFI. That's right. The KC black, Daylighters black on top. Yep. Um, Toyota 4x4. Okay. All right, good. Um, uh, this is easy. Steve McQueen and Bud Ekins both drove during the famous car chase around San Francisco in the film Bullet. But what type of car do they drive uh-huh. as the character Frank Bullet? I mean, it was obviously it was a Mustang. Was it was it a Mach One? No, no. Okay. So a... the answer is Ford Mustang, but I I know the more detailed answer. Was was it a GT three fifty? Yes. Okay. Yes, and it wasn't a Shelby. It was just a GT three fifty fastback. Which they they have the new they have the new Bullet Edition. 
out of the 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 GTO. What what was it Leno or was it uh like Cars and Coffee with fucking Seinfeld but they interviewed the guy that now owns that GT350 from that movie and it's beat to shit but this yeah. this kid's got it and he cuz his dad bought it at auction like a movie auction and they drove it around the track. I think it might have been um I think it might have been Leno's garage. I think it was Leno. It's all beat up on the inside, mm-hmm. and it's it's really not in good shape at all. But like, it still runs, and it's it's it was it's worth fucking two million bucks, I think. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I think that movie is probably a little overrated. What bullet? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? I just don't think there's a lot of substance uh, other than just the, kind of the, the car chase. It was the inception of because the, there was there's so many San Francisco car chases that happened after that. I can think of uh, all the the Dirty Harry franchise. Like there right. were so many rad car chases, just just and so many opportunities for jumping uh, up on the up on the hill there. So in Bullet, you know that there's like repeated cars like in every frame. Like there's like a Volkswagen Bug, and then there's like an old like Buick Skylark, and like every scene is like extra cars. If you ever if you ever notice that. Um, this is easy. Let's start out easy. What type of car is Eleanor in Gone in sixty seconds? That's easy. Yeah. Uh, but, but was it a GT five hundred uh, though? That was a GT five hundred, yeah. a legit one. Um, and I don't like Mustangs, except for the Mach one, like you. Our next starring vehicle has been better, has seen better days, like its owner, the dude. Originally a 1973 Grand Torino, it is hardly recognizable as such by the end of the movie. From what 1998 movie did this car play a role? Well, it's obviously the Big Lebowski, but like... Grand Torino, Fargo, Reservoir Dogs, or Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah, Big Lebowski. Dude, that car didn't even register for me in that movie, and I've seen the movie a thousand times. Yeah. I just don't think I pay attention to, to Grand Torinos, unless, they're, unless it's Grand Torino. Eastwood. The Black Darts Charger with license plate 2JR I424 driven by Dominic Torres. Yeah, well, okay. All right. That's Fast and Furious. Yep. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm answering these fast, uh, Dunner, because I know you're listening along. <laughs> and you, you, you messaged us and told us that you smoked us, so. Uh, Adam Sandler's character, Longfellow Deeds, provides. Trans Oh, no. Prov- okay, go on. Provided fleets of what car to his New Hampshire townsfolk at the conclusion of Mr. Oh, Deeds? God. Fleets of what car? I don't know this. I have no idea what it is either, but just judging from his choice in Billy Madison, I'll go ahead and say Trans Am. It's close, I guess. Corvettes. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Which is what I think any of us would do if we won, like, the Powerball and, like, won a billion dollars. We'd just be, like, buy a fleet of <laughs> just, like, dumb cars <laughs> for our buddies. In the 2003 film Highwaymen, James Rennie Cray, James Caviezel, good actor, chased the killer of his wife around America in what type of car? I never saw the movie. I never even saw What was the movie title again? Highwaymen? I was a highwayman on the coach road. Plymouth Barracuda, badass car, by the way. Okay. Uh, What car is used as the super taxi in the 1998 French film Taxi? I don't watch French films. Peugeot 406. Nope, never, ever would have got that. Ooh, this is a good one. In the first Beverly Hills Cop, what type of car did Axel drive? Uh, it was an old... 
I know it was an old Chevy. It was either like an old SS that was just beat to shit or uh Was it a Nova? Or a Nova. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. Alright. It was a Nova. Chevelle. Oh, was it? Yeah, right. It was a Nova. Cool. Wow, you, you 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 clued me in with the SS comment. Um, Jake and Elwood, City of Chicago, oh. and a mission from God can all be found in which movie? That's easy. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, okay, it was a Ford L- LTD. Yeah, but what movie is the question? Oh, Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met, um, I met uh, Ackroyd and James Belushi in Hawaii mm. one time at a bar. That's a good side note. Yeah, Big Island. A small bar, and it was an empty bar. And I walked up to both of them. I'm like, "You're Dan Aykroyd and James Belushi." I thought Aykroyd was supposed to be a dick, though. Well, so he was. He was more the coy one. James Belushi was was cool as shit. And he shook my hand and talked to me. Aykroyd was kind of coy. Uh, but I'm like, "Why? Why the fuck are you guys here?" He's like, "Oh, well, there's a corporate event. They hired us to do a whole like News oh, Brothers skit." God, yeah, bank accounts are getting low. But uh, scratch. I doubt that, but like they and they're like they paid us a lot of money. Yeah. I remember them them telling me that. I'm like, that's cool. Nice to meet you guys. They're pretty cool though. That's a good story. Um, ooh, which 1965 movie with an all star cast including Jack Lemmon, Natalie Wood, Tony Curtis, and Peter Falk centered around an automobile race from New York to Paris? New York to Paris. God, this is this is exposing us because I don't. Well, so yeah, it's a rally movie, and it's not. Um, not Cannibal. No, that was my first guess. Um, there was a couple of those movies that came out in the late sixties that were like cross country rally not, movies. Not you know. Oh, not the good, the good. Great Race, and I've seen that movie. That's a good movie. Um. Towards the end of Coming to America in 1988, this vehicle was used in the royal family's motorcade. Once the king and queen reached America, what was it? So it's got to be weird. It can't be a limo. In 88, so we're like we're we're in like it's it's got to be like a Countach. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say just go random oddball. I'm gonna say Countach. I'm gonna say Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. It was a Mercedes Benz. Oh. It doesn't say anything more than that. That's silly. Oh, that's easy. The generally, I don't even need to finish okay. Dodge Charger. Yep. Um, all right, I'm gonna switch it up. Um, which driver has the most wins in a single NASCAR season? The most wins in a in single a, season. Single season. I gotta say it's I mean I'm just gonna say The Intimidator because if we're gonna talk about I mean it's probably somebody like Kyle Busch or fucking uh, older know. older than older that. oh Tom uh, Petty Richard Petty Tom Petty Tom Petty <laughs> he's a great rest in peace it is Richard Tom. Petty okay Richard Petty Richard Petty holds the record for the most wins single last year he's had 27 in, in the 1960s I have not seen a Petty Blue Buick yet which I would like to see someone do a an old Buick, like a like a Grand National or something. Not an actual Grand National, but like a whatever the the Buick uh, or Olds uh, equivalent was. G- GNX copy. You'll know this, but but some of our listeners might not. Where does the Baja One Thousand start? 
honestly, I can't even tell you that. My, the, the, really? Yeah. I mean, is it is Ensenada? Yeah. Okay. Where does it end? Oh, jeez. Um, dude, I don't even, you're going to embarrass me. I don't even know. Uh, so, Baja Course point-to-point, the point-to-point race is one that starts and ends in two different locations. Starts yeah. traditionally held in Ensenada, mm-hmm. but hasn't been held in Tijuana and Mexicali as well, but it's 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 almost now always Ensenada. Uh, course length varies from point to point, but it's often over a thousand miles and ends in La Paz. La Paz. They're headed down there right now. Dude, the ball, the ball, That's ball right. begins here in the next couple of days. That's I mean, right. Your, my Instagram feed's all blown up. Blown up with all of our, our buddies going down there. Crossing the border, heading down there. Um, I'm rooting for Justin Lofton. Um, I don't know why this question got in here, but it's a, a <clears throat> racing question, but totally not motorsport. Uh, Indiran, Delgado, Lamond, and Fignan are athletes in which racing sport? We could sit here forever. I'll, I'll give you the easy one, Lamond. Oh, okay. Lamont? Greg Lamond. Yeah, in Lamont. Doesn't ring a bell no, for you? No. Cycling. <laughs> Bonus points for anyone at home. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. What does a black flag waving mean in Formula One Grand Prix? Uh, a wreck. No. Um, that would be like a yellow. Yellow. A black. A black. A black, black flag. flag. Yeah. Usually they'll do this with one driver, in particular. Oh, you were just, if you get black flagged, then you were this contact. You were being too aggressive, or you something. You need to go into the pits. Okay. Um. I'm a big Formula One fan, so I added a couple more of these. I'm not. So. I'm a huge F1 fan. Which F1 Grand Prix circuit is only 1.95 miles long? If you think about it. If you said name one circuit, I wouldn't be able to name one circuit, much less name the circuit. But if you think about this, you should figure it out. It's the smallest circuit in the whole season. It's the smallest country. It's the richest, one of the richest countries in the Monaco? world. Monaco? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, you can hit yours now. All right, I, I just pulled up a generic, a generic list, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go through it. These, these are these are pretty easy, um, and so uh, what is generally considered to be the first pony car, the Pontiac Firebird, the Cougar, the Mustang, or the Camaro? Well, common sense Mustang. Uh, I can say, yeah, because the Cougar and the Firebird came after the Mustang and Camaro. And uh, we're going to say Mustang, uh, yeah, Ford Mustang. What was the first Japanese car to be produced in the United States? The Honda Accord, the Mazda Miata, close to my heart, the Toyota Camry, or the Nissan Maxima? Mm, my guess is going to be the Accord. Produced. I'm going to say Camry. I'm going to say that the Accord could have beat it here. I'm going to say that the Camry was the first one that was made here. And the answer is... no. (gasps) You're right. It's the Accord. So many of those. Even though I love me a Camry. I mean, the Camry is basically the the hot rod uh, uh, father to the Corolla. I just thought Accords had... Pretty cool styling, though. Dude, Accord wagons. Yeah, I yeah. love the '90s Accord wagons. Are just beautiful. Uh, there was one on on Hoonigan not too long ago where they did a they did a a um, a, um, 
a swap, rear wheel drive swap on it. It was yep. just it's friggin' rad. <clears throat> uh, what car sold more than 1 million units in 1965, setting a record that still stands today? 65. The Buick Wildcat, the Pontiac GTO, the Ford Thunderbird, or the Chevy Impala? So the GTOs weren't, I don't think they were around until like 66 or 7. What were the other, the last two? Thunderbird or the Impala? Had to be the T-Bird. I'm going to say Impala. Just because I, I think the Thunderbird was, a, it was kind of a high output, like yeah, a, a hot rod. Yeah, you say Impala, right. and it's correct. The Chevy Impala, more than 1 million ah. units. Setting a record, still stands. 65 Impala, pretty common. You get that 64. I like the 2017 Impala. <laughs> oh God. It was the bubble top. The bubble top Impala was like the, the early six, late 59. Oh, man. You don't see enough of those around these days. I got one more question here. Okay. Which gambler is eternally bitter for losing at arm wrestling? <laughs> is it Tate Morgan? Tate Morgan or Tate Morgan? <laughs> you say eternally bitter. You're the one who hangs on to this and brings it up in every podcast. Yeah, it's, That's Tate, tradition. it's Tate Morgan. Uh, what three specialty convertibles did General Motors originally introduce in 53? Specialty convertibles? Specialty. Oh, God. 53. Okay. The, the Skylark, the Fiesta and Eldorado, the Roadmaster, the Riviera, and Buick Super, the Sabre, the Strake, Stray Cat, and the Fastback, the Cadillac Fleetwood, Omega, and Crown Victoria. Roadmaster. You can say road, road, Roadmaster is the second one. Um, just to be different, I'm going to go Skylark, Fiesta, and Eldorado, because I know there was a lot of Eldorado convertibles. I wonder how many people listening would be, would be like just screaming out. Well, I was answer. right. First of all, it was the Skylark, Fiesta, Well, you're fucking special. Mm-hmm. What year was the Corvette first introduced? Oh, God. 1943? No. 1953, yeah. 1963, no. 1973, 53, 53. I don't even think I need to click on it, but it's correct. dude. Some of those early 50 ones are neat. Yeah, so well, neat. It's like the first car I ever drew, like a napkin. We used to go to this yes. 50s diner, yes. and there was a there was a, a picture of one up on the wall, and I'd sit there on the diner with my crayons and instead of coloring the the thing, the little kids menu they gave you. I'd sit there and draw. Uh, the draw the the original vet, you know, with its cool scallops yeah, yeah, along yeah. the side. They weren't particularly fast. Hmm. They weren't um, competing against fucking the Mustang. But they were, but they were kind of that neat kind of like you know. I love when people take those and make the little like little road racing kind of version of those with little numbers on the side and the low little windshield. I want a Stingray in my garage when I retire. Yeah, yeah, I like a Stingray. I don't know if I'd, if vet would be the way I'd go though. My my dream like muscle car. I don't know about you. I always go back to it. Okay. It's a '72 GTO Judge. That's my shit. Yeah. It just a little, is. A little uh, dazed, confused action. Uh huh. You know what you can do with those pizza cutters. <laughs> uh, for me, muscle car. God, this should be an easy one. God, I don't. I don't like. I like hot rods. I like '30s Fords. Hot rodded out for mu- let's, muscle. Let's go '60s '70s. No, I know. It, I, I and I don't like Dodge, but I think it's I think it's the Challenger. Challenger's badass. I think it's I think it's like a, a seventy Challenger. They're just low slung, um, you know, different. It's not a Mustang. Uh, 
you know, the Camaros are, are, are built. You find a lot of them are neat and fine, but yeah, the Challenger was just different in my opinion. Uh, this is easy. Um, what was the first car to be mass produced? You want, you want, do you want to hear it without the it's Ford model a or model T? I it's, it's the model T is an option. A is an option Packard and the Dorea motor wagon. We're going to say model T. It was the Everman's car. We'll click on it. And yes, the model T. Have you seen the movie vanishing point? Uh, again, this is embarrassing, but no, 1971. No. It's all about a fucking challenger. Uh, yeah, I did know that. Um, and I think he's like a delivery guy that's just like hopped up on like amphetamines driving cross country. It's a badass movie. What was the first car to come equipped with anti-lock brakes? The Lincoln Continental Mark III, the Shelby Cobra, the BMW 1600, or the Jensen FF. Anti-lock brakes. No clue. Yeah, I don't think it's the Cobra. The BMW 1600, I know nothing about, but you'd think that Germany would be ahead of the curve. Yet the Lincoln, I just don't think that BMW cared about nannies and stuff, so I'm going to say the Lincoln the Mark III. <laughs> what do you think? The Lincoln? I say Lincoln. Big, heavy, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Was it Germans? No. Oh, shit. No, it was a Jensen. Yeah, okay. Alright, well, there you go, Dunner. There's one on you. What was the first commercially available hybrid gasoline electric car in the U.S.? I know this even without looking at it. Yeah. It's the Ford Escape Hybrid, the Toyota Prius, the Honda Insight, or the Saturn View. It was Prius, wasn't it? No, it was the Honda Insight. I'm, oh, I'm, they, were, they were the first ones uh, with the, the hybrid. Uh, Toyota just came in and, and ate their, ate their, drank their milkshake. Honda Insight. Oh, this is good. This is actually relevant to to, uh, to the Vegas trip. What kind of car did Starsky and Hutch drive in the classic television series? Is that Ford Bronco? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say Explorer <laughs> slash Bronco. The Ford Thunderbird, the Ford Gran Torino, or the Ford Ranger? Vanishing point. It was obviously the Gran Torino. Booyah, Akacha. How much horsepower did the first 911 have? 35, 90, 130, or 180? 90. I think 90 sounds like a pretty good answer. No. <gasps> it was 130. Okay, that's all I got. That's all I got for my car trivia. You gotta watch Vanishing Point, dude. It's fantastic. Yeah, you guys want to use as the podcast? Want to sit along with us and watch Vanishing Point? It's a great movie. Mm. It's about a Vietnam War hero. Gary um, all right, so we did it. Actually, we have we just have a couple minutes to spare. A minute to spare. We we filled up filled a full hour again of uh, of Gambler Five Hundred podcast. Uh, for Veterans Day, I, I as long as we're on like Hollywood and movies and shit. Do you have like any favorite like war movies? God, I'm Black Hawk Down is one of, one of my favorites. I'm a big Full Metal Jacket fan. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. You can't go wrong with like um, Saving Private Ryan, great movie. Thin Red Line. Well, good, yeah, yeah. Black Hawk Down probably a standout. Uh, yeah, Full Metal Jacket. Um, uh, yeah, was it like Love the Smell of Napalm in the Morning? Wasn't oh, that Full Metal Jacket? No, it's no. Platoon. No, that was Platoon. No. 
that's um, um, Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Which is phenomenal. All right. Oh, hey, actually, we're signing off. We got an hour under the belt, so. ABG. Fuck Napa.